0: And welcome back. Uh, This is actually going to be part two of developing a marketing strategy. So if you didn't catch part one... That was the uh, last episode that we just released where uh, we talked about how to clean up your existing marketing. Uh, Part two is going to be all about growing, finding new markets, expanding. So uh, this is Marketing Management Money with your hosts, Ryan and Ethan. And uh, welcome to uh, Marketing Strategy Part Two. So... Ethan, last time uh, we kind of uh, we 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 did some good summary on all of the uh, you know things to clean up, and uh, and we talked about uh, you you had mentioned that there's uh, there, there's this idea of satisfying a need and sweetening the deal, right? You know, kind of satisfiers and sweeteners. And uh, and you had mentioned that uh, there there's a lot to do with satisfy, satisfiers and sweeteners when it comes to kind of growing a marketing strategy. Why don't we pick up there, uh, do a brief recap of you know what we're talking about with satisfiers and sweeteners, but then uh, let's use this to to launch into our, our growth strategy, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, perfect. So with every product and and service, mm-hmm. um. There are satisfiers and sweeteners, meaning that there's something about the product that as long as it has that I'm good, I, I can get by, I can survive. Uh, for instance, shoes are a classic example. Okay. Uh, I put them on my feet. A shoe is just a satisfier. The sweeteners then come into, Hey, do I prefer a slip on? Do I prefer buckles? Do I prefer a color? <laughs> my, my, my son, uh, I think
0: he's got like, he probably needs therapy over how much he loves <laughs> shoes. <laughs> But he, he purchased this, uh, a full blown box of laces. So now he can custom lace all of his shoes. And and I sit there and watch him, you know, custom. I think I mentioned on a previous episode, how much he loves shoes,
1: but you know, that's a sweetener is the laces. That's right. You know, so when you look at your product or services, a lot of times we think, Hey, I got shoes and that's the only thought that we go, we never think about what makes the deal sweeter for our customers mm. what what little thing and they're not usually not big things laces really right uh, that, how simple can it be mm-hmm. what are those little things that make it a little bit sweeter for the customer to enjoy our product or service mm-hmm. and and see so that goes back to your first principle you talked about in the previous episode of that being customer centric. Mm-hmm. Okay. No your F- customer. Yeah. Focusing right there and understanding what they like and need. You know, and and when we talk about being uh, customer centric, let me put a definition to it so it helps you understand why we see that. So the idea behind it is we want to create value for our customers so that in return, the customers will create long term value value in our business right okay th- that's that's the path we're trying to follow. okay right. So so when you understand that it's a value for value, we give them value, they'll give us more value back. That's what we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. right. So
0: there there are some great points in this and I'm gonna try and I'm going try and pick them apart without without getting too far down the rabbit hole uh, on these. So the first thing is when we're talking about sweeteners, Um, you know, you talked about the little things in the first episode, we talked about identifying sweeteners of things that you're already doing, that you're under promoting and making sure that, you know, so like if you are already selling laces, like custom laces, I'm not talking about the basic laces, but if you're selling custom laces, then as a sweetener, your whole marketing is to do a better job promoting those, you know, kind of ancillary items that have great marketing potential. But there comes a point where you want to start introducing new items into your business. And so your job then becomes to look for opportunities, to look for new sweeteners that you could introduce. And I actually, I love starting with the idea of sweeteners because it's a great way to start. I feel like businesses, entrepreneurs, they, they kind of go a little bit too big. They're just like, oh my gosh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this, we could do, you know, and 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 all of a sudden you've got these crazy ideas, you know, these big brainstorming sessions, or the CEO wakes up in the middle of the night with, with, you know, just had a nightmare. The next thing is we're selling who knows what to the customer, right? That's not the way you want to be doing this. But a sweetener, the idea behind a sweetener is it's already anchored to something that sells well. And so if I can take something that sells well and I can expand upon that, then my success of selling is going to go up. The likelihood that I can sell a sweetener as opposed to something that's completely new, novel, unknown, uh, not really connected to my business, like the sweetener is going to have a lot more success. Now, the other thing that I want to uh, kind of reiterate with what you were talking about and that is this customer-centric idea so we really hit on the previous episode how important it is to understand the customer and that does not change whether you are you know improving existing marketing or whether you are expanding and growing new marketing but there is one thing that might change and that is the idea of what if your new marketing is to go after a new market segment because we can push new products and services, or we can push new customers, or we can push new geographies. You know, maybe I'm going after the same type of customer in a new location, or maybe I'm going after a new customer in the same location, or maybe I'm going after a new customer in a new location. Like there, there, there's a lot of variability of the of the customer here, and so. I want to, because it's so important to start with the customer's wants and needs, I want to take some time and talk about how do you grow beyond your existing customer base? How do you know? Because your existing customer base, I already know what they want, if I take the time to, I should put that caveat out there. (laughs) (laughs) I should know what my existing customers want. But if I'm trying to go after a new customer, how do I know? Who do I know to go after? You know, it, it starts to become
1: really big, almost too big. Well for me, it's always gonna be data. Yeah. And and I And I'm glad you went there. I, I was hoping you would. Um it it will always be data. And I in past episodes that I've uh sat in here and enjoyed conversations with you, I, I always default to the data. Mm. But here's the dangerous thing about data today. So I'm going to put this one on the front end. Okay. A lot of data out there is generic. Okay. And so we see a little bit of data, but the problem is with generic data, it's no longer, uh, yeah, no longer gives you enough intelligence about your customer to actually make good decisions or accurate decisions on, on how to get them the product that they want. So the, the gender, married, not married, do they have one car type stuff is no longer good enough data by itself to do that. Yeah. Okay, so what do we do? I, I mean,
0: I, and I know we've done a full episode on, so if you really want to dive into data, you know, we did, uh, it, it was centered around GIS, you know, but we really delved into some best practices for data. But for this specific thing, You know, how do I know if I've got good data? How do I know if I'm looking at, you know,
1: too generic of data? The more data you have, the more accurate it's going to be. So if you're going to go out and dig up some data and there, trust me, there is so much data out there now with simple Google searches. The problem is the surface level data is generic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that you have to kind of go into that process with that understanding. That what I see and originally is not going to be enough. It might get me pointed in the right direction so I can start digging more, but then you have other resources out there. Your small business development centers. Most of them have access to good in-depth data, mm. the same data that fortune 500 companies use, uh, throughout the nation. There's a couple of different companies that do, um, kind of economic gardening, you know, the Chris Gibbons, the national, uh, the national, uh, center for economic gardening. They do amazing work, especially if you're a, a more mature company, what they refer to as a gazelle. So if that doesn't make sense, jump back and find that other episode. I think we talk a little bit more about it in there. Um, Edward Lowe has some stuff. So there's some really good stuff out there, but you've got to. The first thing you've got to go into it, and I and I don't want to spend because we'll spend the whole episode on data if <laughs> if I don't <laughs> cut it off. But I, I, I I know this is this is like your you know candy <laughs> shop. I I have to pull you out and so. <laughs> So I just, I just want to leave the, the warning and uh, no, not a warning, but the council that, that the first data you pull is generally not going to give you enough accurate information to make the decisions you really want, especially if you're looking at new markets. So uh, kind of uh, an interesting example
0: that just happened. So I'm working with this company that they're trying to expand internationally. And, and that's a big jump, you know, when you're, when you're looking, especially, I I mean, if you're in like a European country, you're used to selling to, you know, other countries in Europe. You know, if you're in Southeast Asia, you're used to doing business with other countries in Southeast Asia. But if you're in the United States, crossing those borders. It becomes pretty challenging, right? But those are new markets, right? so we're, we're we're looking to expand into new markets here. And so this customer or this uh, this this client that I'm working with, they uh, you know, they're wanting to uh, expand internationally. So the first thing that they did is they actually purchased uh, some some international reports uh, and and those reports started with just identifying which uh, you know which countries, had you know good political environments, uh, which countries uh, you know had uh, favorable uh, tariffs and exchange rates, mm-hmm. you know, and and it was very high level, right? And so once they got that first report, that really didn't show a whole lot, you know. And this was, you know, they paid, you know, they paid good money for for these reports, but it didn't show a whole lot. They had to take it a step further, and so then they did these focus reports. uh, You know, they identified the countries that they, you know, thought were promising, and then they did some focus reports on those countries. And even with the focus reports, it still didn't go deep enough. And, you know, the step that that they're on right now is they're trying to work with um, people who are actually in those countries, you know, businesses, uh, you know, and other, you know, like government officials that there might be some liaisons and different things like that. And they're trying to get boots on the ground. And so to see them, you know, go through step one, step two, step three, and they still don't have the data that they're looking for. You know but they're getting closer they're starting to hone in they're starting to get to where they're like oh okay we could we could send some sample products over to you know this potential buyer or we could work with this potential uh, you know distributor or, you know different things like that so you know very very interesting that you bring up the you know the the due process of of really getting into you know understanding those new markets
1: and my next piece of counsel is don't let thinking that you market research and market data is is really tough to do and hard to find. We're not trying to sell that as a message, right. As much as just know that uh, you be patient, spend a little bit of time, dig through those deeper levels. As, you know, as they say in the cooking world, peel the onion back. Mm-hmm. You know, piece by piece, as we get down to get to the center of it, um, because that's when you'll start to make the best decisions because you'll know exactly who those customers are where they live, where they're eating, what they taste, how long they've been married, you know, how many of one sex of a child that they have. I mean, Mm -hmm. those other details, uh, where are they spending most of their time on social media? Mm -hmm. Okay, what platforms are they doing? Stuff like that. Because now we can get our message to them. Yeah, yeah. So, total
0: tangent, and I'm always curious about this. Everyone talks about peeling the onion back and, you know, how do you boil a frog? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Slowly, who who peels onions and boils live frogs? (laughs) Well, who who skins cats? (laughs) (laughs) Like, where did these expressions come from? They're they're horrible expressions. I mean, I get what you're trying to say, but I'm just like, really, is someone over there like just peeling an onion, boiling a frog
1: and skinning a cat? I'm not eating lunch at that house. We'll have to Google that and then give our listeners an update so that uh, we're all on the same page, because now you got me curious too. (laughs) (laughs) So uh,
0: getting back to what you are saying. I, I compare it to if I'm going to visit a place I've never been to before. Am I just going to show up? You know, I'm going to like, you know, get a plane ticket and then step off the plane and then be like, I'm here. No, I'm going to do research on the front end. Uh, You know, I'm going to to try and find out what are the top things to do. I'm going to try and find out where, you know, where the safe places to be, where the dangerous places to be, because I don't want to go on a, you know, on a rough side of town where I don't want to be there as a tourist that's going to get robbed or something like that, you know, and. And it's not only like, okay, so I'll do that Google search that you mentioned, you know, kind of that high-level Google search, but then I'm going to start reading blogs and articles that maybe get into a little bit more depth. I'm going to try and connect with someone who lives in the area or someone who's visited the area before. I'm going to interview them. And we don't think of that as market research. We think of that, well, I'm just planning my trip. I'm excited to, you know, go visit this place that I've never been to before. And so I'm just going to do a little bit of a you know, looking into it. I'm like, that's market research, by the way. Like, that's exactly what you're doing. And it's the same kind of thing. If you're trying to find new markets, you know, new customers, you gotta get the data. Uh, don't go into it blind. Don't step off of the plane, you know, figuratively speaking, and just be like, okay, I'm ready to sell because that's
1: you know, that's,
0: that, that's gonna make for an awkward vacation and it's gonna make for a, uh, you know, an awkward uh,
1: marketing strategy. And I always strongly suggest as well to understand who those competitors are, if you don't know that, do a little bit of market research on them as well, because there's a reason that they're there and why they're successful. Yeah. So if you can understand that piece, uh, it helps you save from reinventing the will, another cliche there. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, but that one actually makes sense to me. <laughs> so we, yeah, we just don't want to reinvent the will. So if we can gather any data on our, Competitors, it saves us that much grief of of what maybe we shouldn't do or should be doing. So I'm glad that you brought that up
0: because that actually would lead me. So the first thing that I'm going to do, just to break down the steps here, because that's what I want to do in these episodes is I want to really give you the steps of you know marketing strategy. So step number one is still understanding your customer. You know, it it's doing that. But as we've talked about, when you get into uh, you know expanding into new markets. The level of understanding your customers starts to become more data driven than just, you know, finding out your existing customers' wants and needs. That's more just taking the time to stay close and connected to your customer. But now we're getting into data. So step number one is understanding your customer with data. The other step that we talked about is linking your growth. You know, we we talked about the sweeteners. So linking your growth back to something that you're already good at and, and making sure that there's a connection there, you know, adding sweeteners as opposed to just spinning off into, you know, into randomness. And so the the next thing that I want to talk about is um, one of the things that is more important in, uh, you know, growth opportunities than in just cleaning up your existing marketing is your competitive advantage. Now, you've got it on both sides. But if it's existing marketing, what you're doing is you're actually just you know, enhancing a competitive advantage that you've already developed or discovered. But on the growth side, you're going to have to have a new competitive advantage. If you're gonna go into a new market, you better understand why is it that people want to buy from you because if you don't have a strong competitive advantage, just because and, and I was covering this in my training that I that I recently did, you know, just because you're successful in your hometown, well, that might be that you've got, you know, relationships that people know you and they're they're purchasing from you because of who you are as a person but you go into an area where they don't know you, you don't have a reputation. Now your competitive advantage centers around your products and services solely. Are they strong enough to, you know, to to stand up against someone who does have a reputation in that town? You know, you've got to understand what your competitive advantage actually is before you're
1: ever going to grow and expand. And I see people make a common mistake when it comes to that. Mm. And there's a term out there that has been, becoming very common and some people are actually making money doing it. And it's this influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. We go and we find this influencer to sell our product. And we think that that's, what's going to do. It does work, but too often we think that if I just implement this influencer to sell my product, it, it will, uh, override everything else I should be looking at and doing. it won't. So. When you need to understand your competitors, don't think that just because you have the right person pushing it, it's going to offset what your competitors are doing because your competitors are reacting just like you are as well. So, so you've got to be focused on that competitive advantage and understand it. And then the sweetener becomes the influencer marketing type model or other things that you do. See, so going back to that, I'd love that, how you said, you know, we're going to build off the base, add the sweeteners mm-hmm. um, that, that's right uh, there. So don't, yeah, don't, and, don't negate that. And so, you know, as you're talking, I,
0: I, I had this thought and I really want to reiterate this, your competitive advantage is not what you think is a competitive advantage. It's what your customers think is a competitive advantage. You might be super excited about something. You might be super into something, but that doesn't mean that your customers are. And so, you know, like on this show, oh man, I I love to talk. And you and I, we've sat down, we've had some really interesting conversations and I love having interesting conversations that are kind of like out there a little bit, and and hypothesizing and theorizing and different things like that. And, and I'll throw some of that into this show where it's like, well, you know, this is kind of my hypothesis. This is my way of doing things. But I try and keep the show grounded to small businesses because I'm like, look, as a small business, they really don't want to hear my theory on, you know, healthy eating they want to know how to run their business. And so I might think that, you know, oh man, I've got all this insight that I can share about healthy eating and that's my competitive advantage because I'm so smart. And it's like, no, no one cares. They don't wanna hear that. They want to hear, hey, how do I run my business? How do I stay successful? And so, you know, I've gotta keep the message of, you know, this podcast on point with what the customers want, not with what I find interesting.
1: As adults, you bring up uh, a fascinating principle as adults. When we ask a question, we want the answer now. Well, your customers are the same way Mm. when they, when they want to know about your product, they want to know about it now. They want to understand that competitive advantage. They want to know the sweeteners tied to it. They want to know how it's going to better them and their lives. So everything that you've been bringing up is is right in line that if you remember that as adults we want the answer now we we don't want the theory and the lecture that leads up to the 30 second answer okay we don't need two hours of that we want to know the answer and then we'll ask the additional questions that we want to know to dig deeper Mm -hmm. and so the message that you're sending out um, you know, going back to episode one, when you, you highlighted branding is an important part in, in doing some of this one, your branding should be designed that it's building relationships. Mm-hmm. So everything that we're doing, the customers, the branding, everything is designed to build that relationship with the customer. And so if we fail at any point in time in all these steps that you're doing to, to like going back, man, I don't It's amazing how that customer becomes so important because we can't take that individual out of it at any point in time. we do it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um to make sure that that relationship building is ongoing consistently so that we're catering to their needs and not as you say you know thinking what you know sharing our great wealth of knowledge which has no value for them because it's not what they want to know
0: right right man i'll tell you if we could sum up this entire you know we did a two-part uh piece on this we could sum it up with the customer Yeah, like, like you want a marketing strategy. How well do you know your customer? That's you know that that that's really what it is. But there is something that I want to talk about that's internal, uh, and 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 we'll kind of wrap up on on this piece here. But this is a very important thing when you are trying to grow. Now, again, there are different ways of doing this. I'm going to tell you how I do it, and I've seen so much success with this. And if you deviate from this, uh, I see a lot of businesses get in over their heads pretty quickly, and that is your marketing budget. So if you are doing a growth strategy, get your budget up front. Decide up front how much money, how much capital you can throw at this. Decide up front how many hours you're willing to throw at this. Because what happens is people, they, they, they start these growth strategies, these growth campaigns, and they have no idea what it really takes to keep up on this. I see this a lot in social media, right? And it was like, Oh, social media is free. I'm like, it's one of the most expensive things you will ever do because <laughs> it will suck up so much of your time. You know, there's a reason why they are called tech giants. They don't become giants because of they, you know, because of their charity to mankind. They become giants because they're making billions of dollars, <laughs> right? It's not free, so they get into social media and they're just like, "Oh, this is working. Look, people are starting to respond." Well, guess what? They're going to respond to new content, and if you haven't, you know, if you haven't put a lot of content out there, and all of a sudden you're now putting content out there, you got to reserve. You've got all these ideas and all these different things that you can do. But once you've, you know, burned through your reserve, now what? You got to come up with fresh content. You know, it maybe it was easy to produce those those first two or three videos you're like, Oh, I'm gonna do a video channel because you know, video channels are great ways to market. I'm like, Yeah, they are, but they're very time consuming. And so those first two or three videos were fun to make. But when you gotta start making eight, nine, ten videos and you're just like, Oh man, this is drudgery, you didn't budget correctly. You didn't think on the front end what it was going to take to do this growth strategy. And so if you can't keep up with like a video every two weeks, don't start doing a video every two weeks, do a video once a month or do a video once a quarter, do what you can sustain in your growth strategies, because I'll tell you what, if you start aggressive and then die off in 90 days, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to waste a lot of time you'd be better off taking that same amount of content spreading it out over a year or two you'll get better results it just requires some patience than if you smush it all into 90 days and then forget about it
1: yeah uh, that's an excellent point to remember i don't know if we mentioned it in our first one when we talked about you know looking at your stuff but you have to remember that this whole marketing strategy the word "process" has to be tied to it. Mm-hmm. This is a process, not an event. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't forget that it's it's ongoing. It's consistent. It's uh, the waking up every morning type of a thing. It's it's a process. Mm-hmm. And the honeymoon ends pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, you better make sure that you still want to be married to this process after the honeymoon phase, when the business is no longer fun. You know, you're into the actual work of it. Uh, a business is a lot of work, and adding a marketing strategy on top of everything you're already doing—it's work. Doesn't mean that it can't be fulfilling work. Doesn't mean that it can't be enjoyable work. But that that initial fun and excitement is gonna is gonna wear off pretty quickly. So, all right, we're gonna wrap up. Are there any any final thoughts that, that you have that uh, you know you you want to give our listeners parting words of wisdom?
1: No, just uh, customers are are the center of everything you need to do. Mm -hmm. We've said that a thousand times. We can't iterate it enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember that marketing is a science. Okay. It's always changing, which means we need to be adjusting and changing as our customers are changing. Okay. Um, And then just implement those uh, strategies, you know, those steps that you've uh, talked about in this episode. And and we know they're going to see success. It's Mm -hmm. proven Time and time again with hundreds of people you've worked with. So yeah, yeah. W- this we works. know it works.
0: Yeah. So excellent. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, again, this was a two-part series. So if you missed the first part, uh, check it out. Uh, we, uh, you know, that was the latest episode that we did. We hope you liked it. Uh, if you want to give some some feedback or some thoughts, you can reach me at ryan at com, or you can check us out at marketingmanagementmoney.com. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, everyone.